Okay, we are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wine, Women, and Words. I'm Michelle. We have Diana here. And our special guest this evening is Julie K. Rose, author of Dido's Crown. Hi, Julie. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. I feel like even though this is the first time we're actually speaking kind of face-to-face, -face, I feel like I know you just from all of the texts that we've been sending back and forth and the pictures on Instagram. Yeah, you guys have been amazing. You guys are so you're so organized and you're so you're such good promoters. I'm super impressed. <laughs> I don't know well, about organized. I was gonna say it looks good on paper, but there's a whole lot of chaos going on. I'm a hot mess behind the scenes. <laughs> a lot of text messages going, have you done that? No, have you? No. Okay, I'll do that today. <laughs> totally. So we have read your book, Dido's Crown, this month. And uh, anyone who is watching right now who has not finished the end, now is a good time to click off if you don't want to have the ending ruined. Because one of the major events we will be talking about, because as we just said before we went live, there was a very loud all caps text message sent to Diana this morning. About, I love talking to with books. <laughs> I'm in Chicago, well, um, in the Chicago area, and um, Diana's in California, so I'm two hours ahead of her. And I was reading this around like five in the morning, maybe six, and I really didn't care that it was still four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I keep my phone on silent just because I know Michelle, Michelle and I text each other literally 24 hours a day at random times. It'll be midnight for me, and I'll still be texting her, and I know she'll be asleep, but she'll at least get the text first thing in the morning, so I keep my phone on silent, just because <laughs> I know I'm going to text. So, and last week, we, I guess this is a good, good, good point to start. We were talking about who our fantasy cast would be. So, and I know Julie messaged us after the show going, oh my gosh, I have my fantasy cast all lined up. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I'm dying to hear it. Yeah, it's funny because I'm like, how much, how much time do we have for this podcast? Because I could talk about this like for an I, hour. So. Technically, it's an hour, but we have been known to go over. So okay. it's totally going to go over. <laughs> well, it's so funny. So when I started writing the book, um, it was actually initially just going to be about Will and Tom uh, and their hijinks, you know, in Oxford pre-World War One. And I, the fact that you said Matt Smith last week made me laugh because the whole time I was writing Will, I had Matt Smith in mind the whole time. Ah. Yeah. And um, because I, this is about five years ago that I started writing it, um, Benedict Cumberbatch for Tom. <laughs> I know it's a shock to everybody. But <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, he's those are my yeah. two. Yeah. Um, initially, for Mary, it was um, actually for a long time for Mary, it was Eva Green. Um, oh, okay. You know, from Penny, Penny Redfall and mm -hmm. love know, her. Yeah, that's she's my awesome. husband's favorite, so that's a good oh, one. Really? Yeah. You know, lately I've been feeling more uh, Keely Hawes. Do you guys know her? She was she guested on Doctor Who. 
a season or two ago. What's the character? It was she was in the one, uh, the bank heist one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah so she's been in a lot of stuff. She was in Ashes to Ashes, uh, which was the Life on Mars follow-on. Anyway, so yeah, so Eva Green, now Kaylee Haas. Um, for Frank, um, Mark Shepard, do you guys know Mark Shepard? He was, he's like kind of a British, he's not a bit actor, but I mean, he does a lot of guest acting. He was in Supernatural. He was, oh, I forget okay. what his name is, but so look at Mark Shepard, look him up. Um, I know Mark Shepard. Okay, never mind. I know Mark Shepard. <laughs> I know Mark Shepard. I was like, I know this name. I know this name. I met him, and it's he and his dad were both on Doctor Who. Yes, yes, yes. He yes. was he was Kent in Delaware the Third. Yes, and his dad played him as uh, as at that age. Yes. He is the coolest dude, like in is person. He? Yes, um, yeah, because I'm that much of a nerd that I go to the Doctor Who conventions. So yeah, yeah. He, he's so yeah. he's, he's he's my total Frank. He's my Frank. I can um, see for John. So I mean, I'm just revealing myself as as a massive. Doctor Who nerd. So, <laughs> um, so John was always <laughs> John was always Christopher Eccleston because he's always kind of you know he's very forbidding looking. Um, Don't like John. Not a fan. Oh no, I'm not a fan of John either. He's 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 not a nice guy. I love to hate him. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then Elaine, I really didn't have a specific person in mind for Elaine. Um, but there is an actor, um, called Dominic Reigns. Um, he's, he's Iranian. Um, so, uh, not, you know, exactly right for a French Tunisian, but he's absolutely beautiful. So I'm going with him. So <laughs> yeah, so that's my cast. Yeah. It's funny that you said Matt Smith last week because I was like, Oh, Matt Smith, that's my role. That's my role. So, but it's funny because it's everybody. I just, that's the, one of the super cool things about writing is like, you know, you have your image in your head and you try and convey it, you know, in your book, but everybody brings their own thing to the book. So not everybody's going to have the same image in their head of who your characters are. And I just, I think that's so cool. I love that. It is. It's so cool that I was so close to where you pictured uh, Matt Smith. I pictured him as Tom, but you picture him as Will. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's so cool. That's so funny. <laughs> who did we say t uh, Tom Hiddleston was? But, but, was he uh, Frank? We, we thought we, as Will. I think we put him as Will. Oh, Will. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And my dad also says that. That's funny. Interesting. <laughs> well, I, it's because I think I picture Will as being a little bit more on the pretty boy side than Thomas. Mm, mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. just just in his mannerisms, just in the fact that you know, I think he's um, he wants to look more the part of being wealthy and mm -hmm. higher class, so he has a bit more of that pretty boy to him. So that's why I think Tom has in my mind. I, I have Tom as more of the pretty boy just because that's where he came comes from. And Will, mainly because of the scene of Will and Frank and Mary's dad in the war. That's why I picture Will more rugged and, and 
not clean shaven. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I love it. I love this. <laughs> so we have a whole list of questions. I told you that there would be a lot of questions. Great. Bring them on. <laughs> but I mean, we, we were kind of um, restrained, I think. We only, we only had 13 this time around, when usually it's about 20 or more. Wow. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> So Diana, do you want to start, or because I'm actually working off of my list pre your comments, so oh, okay. your comments okay. will be a surprise for me. Too. My my first main question. So I think I've mentioned this before in previous episodes. Um, after I first read the book, I did a mad Google search to see if Mary was actually real. I came up with a lot of grandmas, um, <laughs> which I think Mary could be somebody's unsuspecting grandma right now, just right. totally like really chill, and then. When the kids are a little older, she's like, so this time, one time during the war, and, and the kids are like, what? Grandma, you're a badass. Right, right. Right, exactly. So, what was your inspiration for Mary? Who was the real life inspiration for her? There wasn't one, actually. Mary just came into my head. Um, she she just wandered in. Um, there was no, there was no, what's that? <laughs> Very merry of her. She just wandered yes. in. Yeah. Yeah. Elbow her way in and, you know, just take up residence. Yeah. So, yeah, there was no, like, no historical figure that I was, you know, basing her off of or, um, frankly, any kind of true historical activity that happened. It all kind of just came out of my head. Um, but I have to say, though, that, um, you know, like uh, Nora Charles from The Thin Man and you know, just Catherine Hepburn in general, you know, so just kind of strong, sassy, but complicated um, women, you know, from, from the 30s and 40s. That's really, that's where she came from. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very flattered that you thought she was based on a real person. Well, I thought it might have been huge. like something like with the Nightingale, where mm. uh, even though those characters were fictional, they had an inspiration of somebody, of a, the actual Nightingale. Right. So I was like, well, maybe, just maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Well, she, she felt real. She felt real. Like, she felt like, a, I mean, not that I would react in the same way. I would probably curl up into a ball if I got kidnapped by <laughs> right. a German spy. But <laughs> the sarcasm was real. Yeah. <laughs> you related to the sarcasm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's one of those, those things where it's like, Michelle, I know, loves a good sarcastic character. The more sarcastic they are, the better. Nice. Um, and so when I was reading this, I was like, okay, you've got to read this book. This has got to be one of our picks um, because you're just going to love Mary. And was I right, Michelle? Did you love Mary? I love. I did love Mary. Um, I think Will and Frank turned out to be my favorites, though. Um, Frank... I did not like Frank when he and Mary first had their moment. I was uh, not happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I got a text about that one too. <laughs> this is not authorized. So, but um, but Frank really grew on me, and Will, I always liked him from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but there were so there were a lot of love triangles. I feel like in the book, like there was like Will and, Tom, Will and Tom, I mean, obviously I feel like that was more of like a brotherhood and like a, 
a true friendship between them, but Will loved Tom. Will loved John, who probably would have loved Will back if it had been socially acceptable for him to do that. Mary loved Tom, but she got tired of waiting. Abby probably loved Tom, too, a little bit. Like, did you know that they were going to be so dramatic? No. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't. I always knew that Will, um, I always knew that Will was going to be gay. I always knew that there was going to be some tension with him and John. Um, and I always knew there was going to be something with Mary and Tom. But all the other kind of, you know, they, they just got real dramatic on me. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't planned. They just, they, that's just what they told me. So. Crazy characters. I know. I know. <laughs> Well, hopefully it was believable. Hopefully it wasn't like super melodramatic, but oh no, no, it totally was. Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about with Mary, where Mary felt real, but like it wasn't just Mary felt real. They all felt real and really completely fleshed out. Um, write your characters, because I was actually listening to a lecture about this today about flushing out characters. I assume that you just let it free flow. You don't actually like. Do write backstory. Well, so yes and no. <laughs> um, so in the first mm, four or five drafts, you know, I mean, because I go a lot of drafts uh, on a book, like 10, 11 drafts. So first four or five drafts, I have a sense of who they are and, you know, but then when I'm about halfway through, I'm like, okay, let's write some backstory to get to know them much better. So I've got, you know, a bunch of stories of Will and Collins after they got back from the war, and I've got a bunch of stories of Mary at St. Hilda's. So can we read those? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll post them <laughs> on the website. <laughs> so, so, no, so, so, I, they, if, so they, I didn't have a plan for them when I started. They evolved over the course of a few few drafts, and then I had to stop and go, okay, now who are they really? Write the backstory, mm -hmm. and then I wrote finished, you know, the next few drafts from there. So, but they just tell me who they are. Um, rather than me trying to impose something on them. And that's, that sounds really kind of woo woo, but um, that's, just, that's just how I do it. <laughs> well, it works. It's a system that works. Um, and oh, sorry. I just wanted to say as a, a disclaimer over here, I'm not chugging wine to chug wine. <laughs> My throat is starting to hurt, and it's really scratchy. And sure. <laughs> yeah. we all know you, Michelle. And we I don't want to sound like a scary man, so I'm trying to <laughs> keep drinking too. Yeah. I, I'm really doing a favor to you guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I think I want to touch a bit on um, going back to the romances a little bit because I think. Because uh, uh, I saw this in Michelle's notes, and I'm like, it's almost like a bone of contention for me with Michelle, where she thinks that Mary just got tired of waiting for Tom, and I think that there's more to it. Mm. Um, I think Mary just got, not just tired of waiting, but I think she got pissed off, and I think almost in effect wanted to get back to Tom. Mm. And especially because, if, if I remember correctly, Tom was the one who told Mary about her father's death. So I think it's almost like she connected him to that. So there's a little bit of like anger in there. 
I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that? What do you? Th uh, I'll let Michelle <laughs> respond first. <laughs> well, they they all knew each other before. I don't. Know, I guess that that's that may have played into it a little bit. I think um, Mary's definitely she has the temper to do something like that, and. I, th I can see her holding grudges, obviously, and, and, and having that in there. I mean, she and John, they basically looked at each other and was like, well, we'd be Let's married. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well marry each other. Right. And I kind of love that about them. I love that about their relationship, where it's like, all right, yeah, I don't really love you. You could do your thing. I do my thing. This is just going to be for convenience. Yeah. Let's just yeah. face it. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think with Mary and Tom too, she, I mean, she's not the healthiest emotionally. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> to say the least. So, I think part of it too was that she was, you know, like even if he had finally come through and said, you know, let's, let's do this, let's get married, I think that she would be scared um, and just out of some kind of perverse, you know, personality, whatever, she would probably say no. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's just, she's just, she's very, she, I mean, as you saw, she's, she can, she's very closed off. She likes to keep things in, in compartments. And um, it was, it was, she likes to complain that he waited, but I think she would have been really scared because she'd have to be real. Yeah. So. And I don't think we're getting real until towards the end of the book when she's forced to actually be real and grow up and face her issues. Exactly. Exactly right. Yep. So, Michelle, you have another question? I did, and you just made me think. Okay, so I, I remember which question I wanted to ask. So, towards, so through the whole book, the, the package is, is the focal point. That's, you know, that's how... Um, Mary ran into Tom and Will again, and that's what got her father killed, and that's what brings Abby back into her life. Um, but I feel like by the end of the book, and this is just kind of what I got out of it, um, the package was kind of just like a side effect. Like the the focus of the story really was how they transformed through the entire experience and the package was just the catalyst for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't start out wanting to write like a thriller. Um, it ended up being a thriller. Um, but really what was most important to me was, that these characters went on a journey um, and were changed. And so, like you said, the, the package was kind of the, the way they got there and um, hopefully drew readers through to the end to see that, that change. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the package is important, obviously, because it's, you know, it's a, it's a plot point and um, it says something bigger about the intelligence community and things like that. But, Ultimately, yeah, the, the character journeys are, is what I hope people are left with. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I get really excited when I pick up on things that the author intended. I have a moment. 
<laughs> like, yes. <laughs> so, all right, my turn. All right, let's see here. Uh, from our wonderful questions that we have going on. I'm sorry, I've got dogs <laughs> going back and forth all over the place, going nuts here. <laughs> all right, you can go. All right, let's see. Um, Okay, let's talk about the sister relationship between Mary and Abby. Um, did you, it's, it was such a complicated relationship between the two of them and you've got this sibling rivalry and we've touched on it before where um, you have one that's really, you know, you know, she's a child and is immature, especially in comparison to Mary who was forced to pretty much grow up. Um, you know, what was it like doing that writing that kind of relationship between the two of them. Um, you know, it's funny because in, in my last book, I also wrote a, a sister relationship. And um, I, I don't have a sister. <laughs> I've got a younger brother. So I don't, I'm not quite sure where that keeps coming, why that keeps coming up for me. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think mostly what I wanted to show was, and it's funny, you, you say that, but then you don't really understand what you were trying to do until you get to the end. But what I was trying to show, I think, is that, you know, how people react differently to grief and react differently to um, trials and tribulations. Um, and so having those, the two of them, uh, you know, be so different and Abby be so much younger, you know, she was, very young when her mother committed suicide she was a teenager when you know her father died um, so she's gonna have a different set of reactions and just her native personality you know she's gonna have a different set of reactions than the kind of reactions that Mary had um, you know Mary was forced to be very responsible she was forced to be the grown-up she was forced to compartmentalize her feelings whereas Abby kind of had free reign to like just be as bitter as she could possibly be and um and you know channel that into um really selfish ends so now did you intend on it ending the way that it ended or um that just i i played around with them kind of coming together and you know being heroes together at the end kind of thing. But I feel like um, there was just too much hurt on both sides. You know, um, Abby still felt so much hurt um, when it came to Mary and obviously what Abby ended up doing at the end. Um, I, there was just no way that they were going to be able to reconcile in any real way. Um, at least for now, you know, who knows, you know, down the road when World War II starts and, you know, who knows what will end up happening then. Reconciling at all. Based on what, what was written, I really don't see that reconciliation. Yeah. Um, I, I can't see it because, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you can't have, the way you have the ending, you can't have that story happen any other way and anything happen. And Mary is a grudge holder. I, I don't see Mary being okay with her sister after this right no yeah <laughs> no 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 absolutely yeah no it's um yeah i, 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 I did keep repeating no 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 no, no. they're never 
It's funny because in an early draft, Abby was actually like a big hero. She was, it was, it was a completely different approach to Abby in a really early draft. And um, um, I just felt like she needed to be a lot harder, um, kind of based on what they had gone through as kids. So um, I'm glad that she ended up the way she did because she's she's such a horrible bitch. <laughs> but, it really is, but though. She's my horrible bitch, so, you know. <laughs> I would have gone with spoiled bitch. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone with horrible bitch. Spoiled bitch is what I would yeah, describe her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a line that you wrote um, describing her about there being no laugh lines on her face and how that was if was it elaine who was watching her and he thought that that was strange for a woman her age to have no laugh lines yeah and yeah. i think that kind of set the tone for who she was going to be oh good i'm glad yeah it's 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 interesting to think i mean she might have had some worry lines up in here you know but um she was she was a singularly kind of Mm, humorless kind of person. <laughs> Jen? Hello. Jen, can you hear us? Oh, maybe not. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll keep going in case she has technical <laughs> difficulties because we are no strangers to those. <laughs> Um, I can say how much I love. Uh, now is it Elaine? How do we pronounce his name? It's it's. I mean, it's Alain. Alain in French, Alain. but you can call him Elaine. Yeah, Alain. Alain. Okay. I adore him. I just to me, he seems so much like Rick. You know, can I? This is a point where I have to say that I have never seen Casablanca. Oh my no. God. <laughs> oh I know, God. I know, I know. For someone who has never seen Casablanca, you really nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I've never. I mean, maybe I did when I was like super, super young, but I don't. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay, I think I think your homework is to go before, at least before Boca de Oro. Yeah. To go and watch Casablanca, because then you'll see why I can I. I described this book as being like Casablanca meets Indiana Jones, which when I saw the fact about how much you saw Indiana Jones, I was like, oh, that explains so much. Clear um, now. <laughs> <laughs> but like with Alon, it was just like, he seemed like Rick because he's got all those connections and Rick in the, um, in the story, he's in Casablanca, he's got just a ton of connections. He's the one who makes things move and shake. But then there's that false through that isn't meant to be, which, you know, isn't for him. It's with Tom and Mary. Right. Yeah. That's. Well, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I was, <laughs> since we we're talking about um, Casablanca and it's, you know, set in, in North Africa, I thought that was really interesting. A lot of the. World War II era. I mean, this obviously takes place before World War II, um, but a lot of the historical fiction set around that time doesn't happen in North Africa. It's either in Britain or in Europe or in the United States. Why did you, 
pick that place as your setting? Yeah. So, um, it's a good question. Um, I, so I have kind of a track record of, of wanting to write about places that aren't where you would normally expect. So like my first book was set, well, it was set in 12th century Burgundy. So, I mean, it's still kind of Europe, France. Um, my last book was set in Norway in the turn of the century, which, you know, they're just, except for maybe the Christian Lavrens daughter books, there's not a lot of books set in Norway. Um, so for one thing, I'm always interested in books that are not set in a place. I want to learn about a place. You know, I want to learn about a new area in the world. Um, my mom was a travel agent, you know, so I think that I just kind of got a little bit of that wanderlust. So, um, and then Tunisia specifically, I am, um, I had a dream. Um, so, I mean, I'd always been kind of interested in North Africa, but then I had a dream a number of years ago where I was like literally flying over the beaches of Tunisia and it was so beautiful and I was completely enthralled and I thought I've got to set a book there. So <laughs> those two things just kind of combined. I, I'm so interested in the 1930s, you know, pre-war, um, really interested in North Africa, had this dream, like things off the, off the beaten track. So that's kind of, that's how I ended up with Tunisia. <laughs> I think it's just, I love the idea of there being a, just the outline of, from the World War II, the, because so many books, oftentimes, like, when the historical fiction um, novel society that I'm a part of, they're not really big on the World War II era anymore, because they feel like it's been done so much, but there's so many outlier stories to the straight up World War II. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, was that one of the aspects? Because, I mean, you could, could have totally done a World War II story with this yeah. in North Africa. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was such a big theater of, of war there. Um, you know, I, I've, I've always also been interested in, like, origin stories and the story behind the story. Um, so, and I've always been, mm -hmm. from the time I was very small, I've loved the 1930s. So, kind of those things combined is kind of what led me to to write about that era. Um, and 1935 is so timely for us now. Um, the rise of fascism uh, in <laughs> Europe, the rise of fascism in the UK. I mean, Oswald Mosley and his, his black shirts, they play a part in this book. And it's sadly very timely for us right now. So... Is I think that's one of the reasons why I love the 1920s and 30s is because it's very there's a lot of electricity in the air because you have this this whole free love time almost free love time in the 1920s where everybody's just going out and having fun there's electricity in the air because World War One just happened and you're just getting on the verge of World War Two happening right right yeah yeah it's it's interesting you know the 30s were really you know especially 35 because you're coming out of the depression globally we're coming out of the depression. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the rise of Hitler, the rise of fascism in Europe, um, you know, changes in fashion, changes in, in, in movies and, and music. It's just a really fascinating time. Um, it's just interesting to see how it sets the stage for what comes, you know, in World War II. And even as a reader, you know, you're looking at the years and you know what's coming. It almost acts as like its own... Uh, added tension like well it's not gonna get better like give it you know give it a couple okay. of years you might have 
maybe a year or two or a piece of peace and quiet Mary and Frank and Frank will probably get called back into mm -hmm. the thick of things. Yeah. And Mary's going to tag right along behind them because she's not going to want to miss out. Probably right. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Abby I think will, well, maybe well, not Abby. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I totally see Will and Elaine being part of the resistance in France. Mm -hmm. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that's like a given that they'll totally be a part of that. But I love that Alain went to, to Paris to be with Will. I Good. love that. Yes. I kind of expected the two of them to get together. Yeah. I was kind of expecting that one. Yeah. Maybe if the yeah. book went on or if there were ever a sequel, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they both they both kind of they both lost their families and they both are kind of outcasts and um, they seem to understand each other. So, um, yeah. But uh, hopefully, that's a good match. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your descriptions, the way that you're able to describe things. Um, I don't know, Michelle. Do you have a caption set aside already? Um, um, I don't. But okay, while you're while you're looking, um, were you able to actually visit any of the places that you described, or was it all research-based? It was all research-based. Um, wow. As much as I wanted to go, um, Tunisia's kind of on a no-travel oh, list gosh. for Americans. So, um, I mean, my previous books actually came out of trips that I had made to France and to Norway. So. Mm -hmm. For those, I had the um, you know the advantage of having been there and see what it looks like. With this, it was just, I mean, to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going on the Google Street View, <laughs> and I'm seeing, you know, what it looks like now. What's the general landscape? You know, Google Earth, um, and lots and lots of lots of research. So I'm I'm glad it came through. It, it did. It absolutely did. I love the descriptions and. Like, here's one um, that I had highlighted that I really liked. Um, it goes, despite her fascinations, it was the anxiety of the crowds, the hot press of bodies and breath, the muttered and cried Arabic that she couldn't understand, which drove her out through the Port de Paris and back into the Nouvelle Ville, which my, I'm sorry, my French pronunciation is awful, as the faithful were called to the lunchtime Azura prayer. I mean, that just gives you just such a sense of what the street was like, how how tight it was there, and just her sense of anxiety at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all, you know, they always tell you as a writer to show, not tell. And sometimes I don't really understand that. Like, sometimes I, if I do creative writing, I struggle to show, not tell. So to see that actually happened to read a writer who is showing us instead of telling us that's really really interesting for me thanks good question from Jennifer um, and she says hello even though she had she couldn't be here by computer um, she wants to know and her question is um, she wants to talk about wants you to talk about the writing process you work from an outline um, mm. Do you write as you go along, uh, and how long did it take for you to write the story? Ah, uh, okay. Um, so my process has changed a little bit. Um, I don't, uh, I don't really outline at first. Well, so 
over the course of the years that I've been writing, <laughs> things have changed. So my first book, I, I was a complete pantser. So I just, you know, got into it. I was about halfway into that. And I said, oh my God, what, what am I writing? <laughs> Second book, I kind of outlined a little bit more. This one, um, I actually started this book just as kind of a fun uh, thing to do while I was really blocked on Oleana. So this just was like a nano, you know, first draft was like a total, you know, lark, whatever. And so I got that first, you know, the, the proverbial crappy first draft down. Um, and then I went, okay, now what do I have? Um, it took me five years to write this book. Um, partially because, you know, I was finishing my other, my last book, partially because I didn't, I was a little stuck kind of in the middle. I didn't know where I was going. And then I read the, um, there's a screenwriting book called Save the Cat. Um, and it has a great kind of, I mean, it's very prescriptive. So, you know, I, I, I didn't want to follow it 100%. But it really gives you a good outline of, you know, where the right beats are. Um, you know, first act, second act, part one, second act, part two, part, you know, act three. Um, and so I used that kind of as an overlay to say, okay, now I have this big chunk of book. How am I going to, you know, massage it so it fits into that, into a, an easier flow? And so now that's how I'm working on books going forward is um, using that, that kind of format to help me get my mind straight <laughs> on a book so I'm not flailing around uh, trying to figure out what I'm doing. While so, doing it. You were, so you were a NaNoWriMo person too? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I didn't get to do it this last year, but yeah. I'm a big fan. And then I kind of got into a little bit of a, I don't want to say a jam, but I have one book that I, I wrote all the way through. I got my first, first draft down when I was going through my second draft, I think I through and I took a break to do NaNoWriMo and I did a second book. And I finished it during the NaNoWriMo. And now I have, and then I went back and I did it again this year. I rewrote it for this year's NaNoWriMo. And yeah, now I'm like, I've got two books here that I'm both in the editing phase. It's like, crap, I actually have to follow through with these two books. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. That's 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 the beauty and the harshness of, of NaNo, because it's like, yeah, I've got 50,000 words. And then it's like, crap, now I've got 50,000 words. What do I do with this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things too with the whole writing process is like, when I first started writing, I was like, okay, it's gotta be perfect. You know, I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna angst over every line and every chapter and because it's just gotta be perfect. And finally I'm figuring out, it's like, oh, no, the writing is actually in the rewriting, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, and I've actually, I've come to love the rewriting part of it where I, I was always scared of it before. I don't know why, but yeah. So I'm, like that quote, I'm writing it down. <laughs> the writing is in the rewriting. I like that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love that too. I'm actually at the point of rewriting with the one where I had to go back. And sometimes I just have to take a break because I've got one that's 100,000 words. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. That's the one that I'm going to be reading, a, doing a reading from for Boca de Oro. Cool. Is that one. Yeah. And then the other one right now is about. 60, is the hundred thousand one? Is that the Garibaldi one? Yep, that's the Garibaldi one. Cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> that one kind of has to be 100,000 words. Yeah, There's yeah. It's still sprawling. Yeah, that's just, yeah, that's what that one is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, Michelle, did you want to go ahead and ask a... I do. Um, so, I was um, reading back when I, I was making my questions at like 8 o'clock this morning. Um, and I went back and I looked at... Um, Okay, earmuffs for whoever has whoever hasn't finished the book. Um, <laughs> I went back and I looked at Tom. So you can find the find the off button. Yes. Spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers, 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 and Keiko. <laughs> I went back and I looked at Tom's um, epitaph, and the mm -hmm. verse on it is that from a poem or a literature, or did you make that yeah. up? No, no. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's in my author's no, I'm just looking in my book here. Uh it is from Sonnet 30, Shakespeare Sonnet 30. Um it's the la actually the last line of, of Sonnet 30. So um but the full sonnet is in the back of the book. Oh, I'm gonna read the back of the book. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> Shakespeare. Okay, here it is. Yeah, the epitaph. We've got the whole sonnet here in the back. So what we to what made you, you pick that, that sonnet? I I don't I actually to be fair I don't think I saw that in because I had the um, the e book mm. and I don't think I saw that maybe I um I was very distracted by the time I was done because <laughs> I, it was five o'clock in the morning <laughs> I, my private quiet time was done and both kids were up and they were demanding food yeah <laughs> now. <laughs> Them too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rude, rude. Right? Yeah, the, don't they understand? Mom was right. reading. Go let, let Lily go right. find her own. Right. She, I'm sure she can find some candy. She can get into your chocolate stash. You won't mind. She right. already <laughs> did that like two days ago. She figured out the <laughs> chocolate in the freezer, and it was on a shelf low enough for her to get. And all of a sudden, she would start coming into the refrigerator, into the living room, with, like pieces of Reese's candy in her hand. So. <laughs> Where'd that come from? It's <laughs> your daughter's ability to use technology. That is oh hilarious. Your Lily is now what, three years old? She'll be three in March. Yeah. So last year before she left, she was already doing Google Hangouts. Where yeah. <laughs> she was I get I was I'd be at work and I get this Google Hangout request from Michelle and I okay, I'd answer it. And then all of a sudden I just see this little fist with a bottle. Just shove its way into the screen. <laughs> and then today, she's, I texted Michelle and I get this random emoji, uh, celebratory emojis back, and then one like semi -fr like semi frowny face, like the, the standard, like, okay, whatever face. I'm like, okay, maybe she hit that one by accident. But okay, I'll go with it, do a LOL. And then I get more emojis. And then I get more emojis. <laughs> and then it's this isn't Michelle texting me. This is her daughter. So I just started an emoji war with the kid. <laughs> yes, she will take over the world one day because this kid knows how to unlock my phone, and I don't even know how she figured out the passcode. Oh, it, no. doesn't know numbers yet, and <laughs> she's crazy. I mean, I mean that in the best way possible. Right. <laughs> right. With love in my heart. <laughs> So, yeah, is that how you discovered she was uh, using your phone? Was that she 
Because I just started texting our farm animals because I figured if we're going to have an emoji, more might as well make it educational. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, she's, I mean, she knows how to, she picks up my phone and she knows how to swipe sideways to get the camera. So uh -huh. my camera roll is filled with like blurry pictures <laughs> of the dog and her brother. <laughs> so I didn't really say anything when I saw her with my phone. I just figured she was taking pictures. And all of a sudden she goes, Mommy, a cow, a monkey, a pig. <laughs> okay. And, and then, you know, for you iPhone users, you go into your history of emojis, the ones that you use frequently. And they're all messed up. It's right, like, right. like backpack, shoe, wine glass. <laughs> okay, you've been doing something you should not be doing. She's got great taste. I have to give her that. Right. But yeah, so I, I couldn't read to the end on the ebook, so I probably missed over the sonnet. But um, why and I love that did you choose sonnets? What's that? Why did you choose that sonnet for, for Tom? Um, I wanted to find uh, a verse that was hopeful. I mean, weird. That's kind of weird. <laughs> but, you know, that, um, that, that it, you know, was hard, but it was okay. Um, yeah, uh, I just felt like he needed to have a, a hopeful and sweet send off. So that's that's where that came from. Well, just now as we're talking about it, I kind of feel like he was the one that was kind of holding the group together. And his death kind of taught them how to lean on each other instead of all collapsing in on him. Yeah. He was the wash of the group. He was what? The wash? Yeah. 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 It's right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he was more, the most healthy emotionally. I mean, <laughs> of all of them. I mean, I guess it's not saying much, but um, yeah. So like, you know, he, he had, you know, his journey was cut short, but he had, you know, he had a good journey and he was a whole person, whereas the rest of them are a little, they need some help. They need some work. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, it was high stakes. Somebody, you know, somebody was going to die. Somebody was going to die. I was kind of banking on it being Elaine, just yeah. putting it out there. He was like kind of like the fringe character that you could afford to lose. <laughs> yeah. But Not was ready for Tom. I know. I know. I, <laughs> yeah, that kind of, uh, took the wind out of me too when I read that because it was just like, at that point, and we just gotten the hope that, okay, Tom and Mary can happen. This might actually happen. They can get back together, and then all of a sudden, bam! Nope, not going to happen. Well, at first, you know, that, that whole scene right after when Abby shoots him, you don't know what's happening at first. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, did she shoot Mary? Like, and. You know, the, the reader in me is like, oh, no. But the writer in me is like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was, it's, like I said before we, before we came on, you know, I have never 
like cried while writing <laughs> ever until I wrote that scene. And I, I bawled my eyes out the whole time I wrote that scene. It was, it was a hard day. <laughs> it was hard. It, I did not enjoy killing him. Um, well, I cried while I was reading it. So <laughs> I'm like, good. <laughs> so that's the point. Yeah. Um, there's a phrase that I love, uh, no tears for the author, no tears for the reader. Mm. If the author doesn't cry, the reader isn't going to feel it. Yeah. And that's something that I always like to keep in mind. If I don't get teary-eyed with what I'm writing, then how, how is anybody else going to get an emotion with it? Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I also love that Tom's... <laughs> <laughs> the hashtag sorry not sorry <laughs> I also love that really Tom's last words were for Will like I mean he, he was going to say something to Mary but like his first thought was to turn to his best friend and say goodbye yeah I yeah that was really nice that's a stable relationship they they had I mean they had such a tight bond they they didn't have you know when they met, they were they were pretty young. They were like 18 when they first met, came from completely different worlds, didn't really have anybody. So they, they formed this really, really strong bond, um, kind of improbably, you know, based on their different social statuses. And yeah, I mean, they, they loved each other and they, you know, I think Will was holding a torch for Tom a little bit. I think Tom was a little confused. I think that partially, went into his delay with Mary because I think Tom was a little confused about Will too. So that's kind of what I picked up at the very beginning. I was trying to figure out like who they were and I was like, wait, are they together? Right. Are they not together? Yeah. Um, so I, that definitely came through that Tom may have been a little hesitant about his relationship with Will. Yeah. 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 So Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but don't believe her. We're, we're writers. Writers aren't really yeah. that sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. I wrote a short story, and like the the character dies, and I was so sad because it's like even though in the first paragraph Michelle's read it, then like the first paragraph, you know that she's gonna die, and in the end, it's like she dies. And my husband came home after, shortly after I had finished it up, the first draft. I was like, I need a hug. <laughs> my character, and he's like, honey, why are you being a silly author? You love killing characters. <laughs> it's not fun. I don't like doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get attached. You get super attached. <laughs> Let's see here. We have, um, I don't think we have any more questions on the list specifically. Any specific questions? Um, no, I don't either. I think we actually went through all of them, which is oh kind gosh. of surprising. Wow. Good. Yes. See, you are efficient. You are organized and efficient. <laughs> a scary, <laughs> scary thought. Yeah. Oh. Just don't look in my office. My right. 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 <laughs> well, no, my house is actually pretty organized. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> That's just because you just moved in. Yeah. Give it yeah. six months. I know. I know. And I have two crazy kids. Mm. So. Organized is not in the cards. <laughs> <laughs> so, Julie, what do, what fun things do you have coming up? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, <laughs> uh, 
in March, I'll be at the Boca de Oro Literary Festival in Santa Ana. Yes. <laughs> Very excited about that. Yeah. It's the, uh, we're calling it what? We're calling it the Herstory, Herstory Space? Her space. The Her Space. Yeah, we're just going to shorten it to Her Space. I can't let my ego take complete control because, you know, the blog is creating her story. Um, so, you know, I got to let it have its own identity separate from my blog. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to stick at all. <laughs> I'm so sad that I'm not there to go to that festival. Can you guys set up a Google chat and just set up a, a laptop so I can watch? Actually, man, we probably can. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can. I don't know. I think we can. Yeah, we should be able to set something up. Even if it's not just a laptop, we can at least do it with a phone. Mm -hmm. I'd be okay with that. Just like mm -hmm. talk it up next to you guys. I'll wave. I'll be quiet. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited about that because it's going to be, you know, we've got the readings, but we've got the panel, which um, mm -hmm. I think is going to be really interesting. Because we're going to have some really interesting different perspectives, you know, um, mm -hmm. with Eva, you know, coming from a YA perspective. And mm -hmm. um, is Erin is going to be on the, the panel as well? Yes, yes, Erin's going to be on the panel as well. So, yeah, so I love the way we ended up, and ended up being set up where we have the first hour is just going to be, you got everybody just reading from, doing readings from their books, kind of just doing a straight up, you know, just loving the art of literature and writing and sharing what we've written. And then, yeah, the second half, it's kind of shaping up to be um, you know, a woman's history and perspective through the years from past to present. Because we've got yours from like the 1930s and 40s. Um, we've got Aaron's, which is Civil War. Um, and then we've got Ava's, which is, um, I guess you would say it's the 1800s. With age of sail, age of sail. Yeah. So it's like, it's like Patrick O'Brien meets like steampunk. It's so cool. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to be our next book that we'll have to give everybody the chapters to read for next week. Um, can I just say, sorry to interrupt, but I love that the festival is like a who's who of wine, women, and words. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh There's only two of the authors who have yet to be on Wine, Women, and Words, and we might just have to fix that. I'm off to have a, a talk with Chad. Because uh, his book is, I, I don't know if you, I know you added it, Julie. I don't know if you guys had a chance to pick it up Not yet. yet. Uh, the Undesirables. Getting it, and I'm really enjoying it. That's um, a World War II? World War II book? Yes, it's a World War II. And you're going to like it because it's on the outskirts of World War II. Nice. It's been taking place in Leningrad, and they're trying to get out of Leningrad right now. Mm. And yeah, there was a point where I was reading the book uh, while I was eating my lunch, and I had to have one of those moments where I had to push my lunch away. Um, so I'm a little bitter over that right now. <laughs> oh, and um, Jennifer, I don't know if uh, you're still watching. I'm reading The Zarina's Legacy right now. I know I'm two months late, but you guys did it while I was moving. One month, one month late, really, one month late. One month late, and I am not loving Irina right now. Can I just say that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us did. I don't think any of us did. She's one of those ones where it was like, uh, John, we love to hate her. You've got to have those villains that you love to hate. You can't like them. Um, I'm not. like Mary's husband. We didn't, he wasn't the kind of guy that we wanted to go run off with. He wasn't Frank or Tom or Will. But we had to be able to hate him. You need to have that person that you love to hate. And that's what she is. Well, I'm not sold on Michael either, so. 
But we'll when I had to agenda on, it was that was the first question I had to ask was, "What the hell is up with my?" <laughs> oh, really? So it gets worse. Okay. What the hell's up with him? <laughs> well, I adore. Boring. Like I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, you watched last week, um, so the whole time I was like, "Do we meet John? I hope we meet John because he is like this presence." hanging over everyone like what are we gonna do when we john john can't know that we're doing this <laughs> mm -hmm. Who is this guy? i hope he was villainous enough for you when he finally he was up. when they were talking to each other and pretending to be civil i could i could see that scene in my head especially with the darlings like italicized <laughs> so yeah i didn't yeah. like him i i liked him and that he was like a good bad guy but yeah, I love that. Mary Claire's husband from Outlander. So I love Claire's husband from Outlander. He as the as playing that role of John because he would he's perfect in that role. He 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 can bring out. That's how I pictured John. That that yeah. The Frank the guy who plays Frank Randall and his not Frank Randall um Blackjack. Blackjack. Yeah, when he when he plays Blackjack, that that just that oozy slime where he could be charming and wonderful if you're not suspecting, but if you're on his bad side, man, watch out because he's going to skin you alive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's totally done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are coming up to our hour. Gosh, so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that went by fast. Oh, mom, do we have to go? <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but it is eleven o'clock, and I am two glasses of wine in. That's like a crazy Thursday night for me. <laughs> That's awesome. But thank you so much, Julie, for everything this month. I feel like this wasn't just like a one-hour conversation. We had like a month-long conversation going. Yeah. So yes. it was a lot of fun. I'm so grateful to, to everything, you guys. This was such, such a great month and um, so many good questions. And um, I'm just, I'm so thrilled that you enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm giddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to having you at Boca de Oro where we can, you know, get into it more and share it with more people. It's yeah, going to be a too. lot of fun. Me too. Google chat me that day. <laughs> For next week, though, for um, our first uh, episode in February, read chapters one through four of The Golden Dragon. Here's the book, Ava's book. We're talking about it, then Yay. lovely steampunk uh, story. Yeah, it's going to be, I've read the first uh, chapter so far. And I like it. It's it's something different than we haven't really read yet so far. And it's it's got a great character. I think Michelle's going to really like the main character in it. Yes, I'm going to go pick it up probably tomorrow, I think. I think you guys are going to like the cast of characters in that book, too. It's she. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'll, I think you'll really like it. <laughs> it's a good book. Well, thank you, everyone. I had a wonderful time tonight. It was. It was a wonderful time. Thank you, Julie, for coming on. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Bye. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.